Wait, who's up? Oh, well, I'm up, sorry. Uh, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so when, when you say Captain Pike has to communicate with beeps, <laughs> what's that mean? <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Yeah, so it's like his communicator is broken or something, can only send beeps. <laughs> I know. At some point, he has to communicate only with beeps. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I love it. That's awesome. Is this on? Yeah, it's on. Great. Hey, Mike Wong here. You're listening to Strange New Worlds. This is a very different kind of podcast than I had initially imagined for the episode of Strange New Worlds that would recap and reflect upon the first episode of Season 2 of Star Trek Discovery. You may notice that I'm getting really close to my mic. I hope you're enjoying the sound of my voice. Um, This is mainly because it's kind of late on a weeknight, and I don't want to disturb my neighbors. So, yes, here I am. And I will soon be joined by Dr. James T. Keene and Dr. Peter Gao. So I initially uh, planned on doing a normal, traditional, standard Strange New Worlds podcast, where I'd sit down in person with a scientist talk to that person about science and Star Trek. And I'm sure I'm going to get that person on in the near future, but let's just say he had a family emergency uh, of the best kind. So I called in a favor where I got James and Peter, who are both excellent friends and podcast guest veterans, to talk about the bingo game that we're playing. Yes, that's right. We're playing Star Trek Discovery Bingo, and it is like the best thing ever. Oh my god, it it lends such a wonderful kind of extra layer of excitement to Star Trek Discovery. And and so what what happened was that James and I went to the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas last summer, and as we were driving back from Las Vegas to LA, we were just like hypothesizing about all the crazy things that could happen in season two of Star Trek Discovery. And at some point we decided we should play a bingo game. So we started amassing a list. And when I was at the DPS conference in Tennessee, I got Peter Gao involved in helping grow this list of things that we expected or wanted to happen in season two of Star Trek Discovery. I distinctly remember sitting down at an ice cream shop with Peter, coming up with new items for this list. Uh, This is because you may remember that Peter and I bet on something happening in Star Trek Discovery. Peter said that we're not going to see Spock, and I said, oh yes, we are. And even before the first episode aired, we knew we were going to see Spock because of the trailers. And so I was like, Peter, you owe me ice cream, even though season two hasn't even aired yet. So when we were in Tennessee, we got ice cream. And I said, you know, instead of making a new bet with me, Peter, why don't we just involve you in this epic bingo game that we're going to have? So the bingo game is a three-way bingo game between me, Peter Gao, and James T. Keen. We had this huge list of hopes and dreams for season two. It was something like 80, maybe even 90 items. And the night before the first episode of season two aired, we 
had a three-way Skype call and had a draft. We would pick items from this list. And if you picked an item, the other two couldn't pick that same item. So for instance, I picked a named bridge officer dies. <gasps> I know. I don't, I don't want to root for this, but it's probably going to happen. So neither James nor Peter could get that one. And I placed that in my bingo sheet. And, and then James went, I'm going to pick Dr. Blaze is referenced. Ooh. Wow. And Peter went. Spock shaves the beard. <laughs> Are you going to take that yeah. one? Spock shaves. It's got to. I mean, he, he doesn't have a beard in TOS, so. And we went on and on and on for like an hour picking these things and just like debating and pulling our hair out about what we thought was going to happen. Someone has to reverse the polarity of something. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do the Red Angels are from another dimension. Mm. Ooh. I'll take mm, Tachyons. Nice. Goes with time travel usually. I'm gonna do the Tardigrade Returns just to hold it over Mike when it. No! <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we had filled up our bingo sheets and was ready to go, and then it was just time to watch and see what season two had in store for us. So after the first episode of season two, the score is three to three to one. Both Peter and I got to cross off three things on our bingo sheets. But I think, and I'm sure Peter would agree with me here, that James got to cross off the coolest thing ever. Hi, so this is James Keene. I think I actually got the fewest number of boxes checked. And the one box I got checked was, quote, some real planetary astronomy data set is shown, end quote. So this was actually inspired by season one. There are a number of times that we saw real data sets shown on screen, albeit often altered. And we talked about this actually on this podcast. For example, uh, the little moon that they terraformed to host the spores when they showed that on screen, they actually showed altered Pluto maps, maps of the dwarf moon Pluto, as recorded by the spacecraft New Horizons. We also noticed later that when they visited Kronos, they used a very heavily altered map of the Earth as their little globe projection. So there were at least a couple instances where they used real data sets, and I was suspecting that it might happen again. And while I only got one box checked, on my bingo sheet. I think mine was probably the most quickly checked because this happened right at the start of the, the first episode. And so right as season two, episode one starts, we get a really beautiful montage that I am certain made Mike cry, showing real data from the NASA Cassini mission to Saturn. And with a voiceover by Michael Burnham, Sonequa Martin-Green, saying the usual lines about space, uh, the final frontier. But the images that they showed in the background were all real images, uh, real movies, basically, of Saturn, Saturn's rings, some of the small moons in, in the rings, and some of the mid-sized satellites around Saturn. So, like Rhea, Tethys, I think were shown. They also showed a little bit of Enceladus and its plumes. Uh, even though they added this, like, grainy 
texture to the opening with an old school NASA logo. These were all images acquired by the NASA Cassini spacecraft in the last maybe 10 years or so. And Cassini, of course, just ended its mission about a year ago when it plunged into Saturn. Another thing that probably made Mike cry. Um, but it was really a beautiful way to start season two. Uh, it really gets back to the exploration of space and sort of the, the, the beautiful big picture of Star Trek. It's also Cassini. You can't go wrong with Cassini. Um, but that was the only box I got checked on my bingo sheet. Some of the other exciting ones I'm going to look forward to for the rest of the season. I have a lot of the boxes that deal with characters that we think are currently on the Enterprise. So, like, I, I, I'm waiting for a reference or appearance by, for example, Dr. Boyce or Yeoman Colt from The Cage or some of the other characters from the original series. Although the one uh, box that I think is a long shot, but the one I want to check the most is that at some point they will reference Cybok, Spock's other sibling. Fantastic. Thank you, James. I sure hope that we get a reference to Cybok as well. And yes, I knew that James would be able to spot any planetary science data set hidden anywhere in Star Trek Discovery. I mean, he proved it in season one over and over and over again, spotting Pluto and Earth. I mean, I knew he could do it. I didn't know that I would be able to do it so easily, but hey, Star Trek Discovery producers made it easy on me and uh, made it easy in the most brilliant way I could ever imagine. When I watched that, I was just like, did I write this? Did I write this? Or did they write this? You know? <laughs> All right. Um, let's turn to Peter Gao because he got three things that he was able to check off of his bingo sheet and he'll describe them for us right here. Okay. Hi, it's Peter Gao here. And I, I was, I did pretty well. Uh, I had three, uh, I had three things that I crossed off and the first two is, uh, it's pretty straightforward. I had uh, young Spock appears and flashback to Burnham's childhood on Vulcan. So essentially within the first couple of minutes, I had these. And it seems straightforward to me that this would have happened just because of how focused the season seems to be on their relationship. So I'm glad that uh, these were done fairly early. I wonder if we'll see more of these as the season go on, maybe a sort of a parallel story going on in the background showing how these two grew up. So the third one, uh, which I was very happy to see, was someone is killed by exposure to space. And I could not be happier that this happened to Lieutenant Mansplainer, uh, who was annoying me to no end. And fun story, uh, I didn't know this at the time, but after he got hit by the asteroid, he actually bounced off of Burnham's screen. So uh, I didn't see that. So I knew something hit her screen. Uh, but later on, I saw a screen cap that it was actually that dude. And so, yeah, that guy was killed by exposure to space. I was happy that he was gone. And I'm doubly happy that uh, I got the cross off one of my squares. <laughs> yes, Lieutenant Mansplainer indeed. You know, I, I think his real name was Lieutenant Connolly. But let's just go with Lieutenant Mansplainer. That is so much better. So let's see here. 
computer had three things, and I also had three that I crossed off of my bingo sheet. Um, the first was that they addressed the USS Enterprise's different uniforms. This is actually something that I was hoping that they would do, because it's something that occurred in one of the books, actually. Uh, I think it was a novel written by author David Mack, where he basically said, look, there are new uniforms in Starfleet, and Constitution-class starships got new uniforms. And that's not so weird, actually, because in Star Trek, we've had instances where different uniforms were used concurrently in Starfleet. Thinking back to the TNG DS9 Voyager era, different uniforms in operation at the same time. So why not? This isn't so weird. And I love all the Star Trek Discovery uniforms. Like, way to go, Gersha Phillips, nailing it every single time. Mirror Universe, Prime Universe, USS Enterprise, USS Discovery, just the cool outfits that Sarek gets to wear. My goodness, yeah. 100% awesome. The second thing that I got to cross off was Saru's threat ganglia emerge. And this was a small moment, and it was actually a moment of levity. But I felt like it was a very important moment for me. So they're in a dire scenario, and Saru's threat ganglia emerge while he's sitting in the captain's chair on the bridge. And this random bridge officer just stares at him and Saru goes what are you surprised and in that moment I just felt wow you are like family to me now because I'm like laughing along with you I'm I'm in your in joke you know I get it kind of thing like Saru's like what this is my biology why are you surprised like what are you staring at like this is just what happens when we're in dangerous situations and it was just so great because it really nailed home the fact that yeah that's family and that ship is home um and the final thing that i got to cross off was we hear cassilian opera and we hear this as stamets is i guess reminiscing about his long-lost dear love, Hugh Colber, sort of with this holographic image of Hugh with surround sound Cassilian opera, I guess almost as if you were in a more immersive form of just looking at a photograph of somebody that you missed. And Tilly comes up to him in the engineering bay, and they have this amazing heartfelt scene, which I think is actually my favorite scene from episode 201. As great as Cassini was, this scene in the engineering bay was really what let the floodgates open for me. I mean, Tilly is like the heart of the show to me, and her interaction with Stamets here, who is trying to tell Tilly that, look, I'm surrounded by ghosts everywhere I look on this ship. I need to leave. I'm taking a position as a teacher at the Vulcan Science Academy. Oh, by the way, that's awesome. Way to go, Stamets, for just like casually getting a teaching position at one of the most prestigious scientific academies in all of the Federation. Like everyone my age, basically, who's in the scientific academic world is just like please hire me maybe we should try applying to the vulcan science academy because i hear they're taking people though 
I don't think I'm quite Paul Stamets caliber of astromycologist, astrobiologist, astro genius, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but way to go, him. Uh, that's that's really cool to hear. But uh, you shouldn't be leaving the Discovery, man. Tilly loves you. This is your home. And so Tilly's trying to say, look. I understand that this place may be haunted for you, but maybe it's good haunted. Maybe living with ghosts and energies that are bigger than we are is why you love science. Tilly, you are... Incandescent. You're going to become a magnificent captain because you do everything out of love. But I need you to repeat after me. Okay. I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. And I just lost it there. Like, I truly could not keep it together. I'm so glad I was watching the episode alone for the first time. Because uh, it was not pretty. I was just bawling it out. Oh, man. Such raw emotion between those two people. It shows you how deep friendship can run and how, how quickly that we can really buy into that kind of friendship when it's told so compellingly as it was on Star Trek Discovery. All right, so that's that from Season 2, Episode 1. I will continue to update you on our bingo progress, I guess. Probably it's not going to happen every week, um, but, you know, I have a feeling that before Season 2 ends, James and Peter will be back on this podcast and will let you know how the bingo game is going. Again, a huge shout-out to them, and uh, yeah... It was really a pleasure to hear their voices again. Before we go, I have something special to share with you. Peter recently had a child. Hey, William. Can you give me a review of last week's Star Trek Discovery episode? Okay. That's great. <laughs> 